Hello, and welcome to The Virtual Frontier, the podcast about virtual teams created by a virtual team. I'm Chris, and I'm part of the team here at Flash Hub. On today's episode, we have Florian Mikulik. Florian is the CEO and founder of Team of Talents. Florian is an expert on new work, distant collaboration, and future leadership. So here is episode 14 of The Virtual Frontier, featuring our guest, Florian Mikulik. Hello and welcome everybody to our new podcast episode on Virtual Frontier. Uh, our guest today is uh, Florian. Florian is an expert and evangelist in new work and the uh, training of uh, distributed and remote teams. So welcome very much uh, Florian and Maybe you want to talk a little bit about your background from where you're coming and what you're actually doing in this uh, interesting field of new work and virtual teams. Yeah, sure. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for having me in your show. Yeah, my name is Florian Michalik, and actually I'm, yeah, I was stumbling into virtual teams when I began my professional career back in year 2000. Uh, because one of my very first projects I ever had, I was a junior software developer back in the time, was actually a remote project. And this was an interesting constellation because we were in Germany and um, the, the developers were in Tunisia in Africa, actually, which is pretty uncommon. Um, and I was not every prepared on on doing that and was really new to that and what that was the times before we had for example skype and that was my beginning with remote teams and um yeah by the time i started to get used to that so i'm i'm my home is uh, pretty much the digital economy so i worked for digital agencies as a manager as a project manager and later As a consultant, I worked for large consultancies like uh, Accenture and Sapient, which are very international and obviously have big, big, big international teams. There's much of development in India. There are on-site teams all over the world for different client locations. Yeah, and pretty much um, worked with, with those teams, with those different locations. And... Yeah, actually what, what drives me is um, by the time I realized when I changed my jobs, for example, that some teams might be very familiar to remote work. There's It's no topic at all for them. It's yeah like normal business for them to be remote. While for other teams, it's really a topic. It's a challenge. Even if someone's working from home for one day, for example, or someone uh, is in a different location and the rest of the team is in a different location. And of course, with uh, outsourcing projects and teams uh, in overseas and, and people struggle. And I try to find out what, what the reason could be for that and, and why is that, that some teams have that advantage and others do not. And I pretty much got addicted to that topic to find that out and, in all literature, I, I found some hints, but but not what, what's really the secret and actually how you can reproduce it and how you can learn it as a team. And for the last five years, um, I got so addicted that I tried to find my own way and identify the ways of successful remote teams and created a method, a methodology people can learn, and it's called Remote Agile. 
And this is what I do now with my own business for the last years, teaching companies and individuals how to work remotely efficiently. Well, that's interesting. So as we are working in, uh, with FlashUp uh, and we are as well a completely virtual company and a team with over 150 members. Uh, I, I can understand very well from where you come and uh, What you have experienced might might on your way. Would you would you mind to, to share like some of your key findings when you researched and got addicted to all this? Yeah, sure, sure. Happy to do that. So, actually, in my, in my point of view, there are three layers which which are important when it comes to remote teams and remote work. So, first of all, it's it's about task-related processes. So, for example, if, if we talk about software development, it's pretty easy. Most teams today use, for example, Scrum or any other agile methodology, which which defines how you actually work together, how you share your tasks, where where are the interfaces in your work, and where you work together, and how the workflow of the team is. And Having having that defined helps helps a virtual team much much in in working together. But the second thing is is the forgotten one, and it's about what what I love to call socio emotional processes, which which is uh, like a nice word for how to team up, how to build relationships and maintain relationships, and how to see each other as human beings and take time to to know each other. And to group up and to develop team spirits, and I can I can share a little of of my most favorite tricks after afterwards. So, yeah, but, but this forward. is the second this is the second layer, and the third layer is is a new kind of leadership in my opinion. So, the traditional, especially when it's in Western uh, Western Europe, and maybe especially in in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, where people are very control addicted, sometimes micromanaging, and trust is a big topic for, for, for us here in, in Germany, obviously. And um, we tend to distrust sometimes uh, our, our teams and people without ha having any bad intention, but, but it's like many of us work here in our culture. And This is not really a good thing. Um, and I, I, I think you need uh, a type of new leadership. Uh, so you have to, to, to develop some new leadership skills. Many of those come from what some people call future of work or new work or, or um, reinventing organization style. So, so it's like a mind shift for some of the leaders. But I would love to to share some some of the tricks. So you asked me for the tricks, and sure, um, um, so so, um, so some of my most favorite things are on that remote uh, socio emotional processes. And when when I talked to to very successful remote teams, and when I observed them, I saw all over the place that they do one thing very very often, and this is having type of rituals. So, for example, of course, they might have daily stand-up meetings, uh, which, of course, have, have a short and, and crisp agenda and uh, should not be abused for anything else. But many of them have regular meetings, like a weekly meeting, 
And in those meetings, they include some rituals like icebreaker sessions at the beginning or check-in rounds. One of my most favorite one is from Automatic. Automatic is the company behind WordPress. And they are 700 people all over the globe and have no office at all. And what they love to do is in their weekly meeting, they have an exercise called Walks and Roses. And it's about everyone telling one walk. So something what was what was what I have struggled with in the last seven days, maybe some private thing or some work-related thing, some something what was challenging for me. And they share a rose, something we are grateful for, something we loved to, to, to experience or we liked. And it's really just about telling that. And it's only like seven or eight minutes in the beginning of that weekly meeting But it has a huge impact on, on the, the bonding of the team and on the, the team spirit and seeing each other as a human being and really makes a difference. And this is one thing I observe all over the place in virtual teams, having those rituals. Yeah, that's, that's really important. I, I, I found in my uh, recent experience that in a traditional company, you, you have my, those, those experiences in rituals like happening on a more natural base, let's say it like that. And in virtual teams or in remote teams, you have to organize those human interactions more more specific. So it's not just like, let's look when there is happening because most of the things we do virtually, uh, like meetings and everything is scheduled. You know? But those interesting things about rituals and uh, getting to know each other and have personal talks with peer-to-peer, -peer, whatever. So you need to have them uh, um, out of the schedule, but. Uh, uh, You need to schedule them in, in, in some way. So um, this is kind of tricky and you have to plan for it, but it has to happen in, uh, as well naturally. Yeah, that's so true. There's no way to meet someone randomly on the virtual floor because we do not have any virtual floor. So maybe you can use Slack or, or HipChat as a type of virtual floor, but you're, you're so right. So, so having that like scheduled and planned And this is another thing I see, um, especially uh, when it comes to, to, to Western Europe culture, is taking the time to maintain those relationships. So for, for many of us, it feels like, okay, I have so much work to do, and we all have much work to do. Um, I can't take the time for my working time to have a shit chat, for example, or uh, having a conversation in a, in a virtual coffee meeting. So, so what some, some people love to do is having uh, like a, a, virtual, um, a virtual water cooler where people meet in like a video meeting once a week for half an hour, for example, and just doing shit chat. And what people don't see is in, in an actual physical office, we take this time. So we, we go to the water cooler, we go to the coffee kitchen, we meet uh, on the floor, on the hallway and talk to each other. And even if we plan like half an hour every week for doing that as a ritual and it's not that 100% work related, in the end, on one hand, it's less time than it would be in the physical office. And on the other hand, again, it helps the bond of the team and the team spirit and makes us more productive. And I have one client, um, it is a sales organization actually, so non-IT, 
And they uh, started that and it was a sales team full of women. So it was women only. And they started with introducing that virtual coffee kitchen, that virtual, virtual water cooler once a week. And now they, they ended by having virtual pyjama parties, actually, and uh, doing that really as a fun stuff for the whole team. And yeah, we're really enjoying that. That's great. Well, I mean, I mean, you just have to experience what what uh, fits the best for you and your your company. But like, as I said, uh, the, for them there was the pajama party, whatever it is. Uh, great, but this is a great story. <laughs> nice. So right. Um, what you would think? Like uh, we talked uh, as well uh, already about uh, how to build like those teams uh, up from. Uh, to remote teams, but how, how you get to the shift from for a traditional company that still is working like in old-fashioned way so they can start to implement more and more step-by-step -step, uh, virtual teams or remote uh, labor labor contracts, whatever, uh, or arrangements for, for their employees, how, how they can get started and get the shift from traditional to virtual or remote. Yeah, that's an excellent question. So actually what, what, what I see first of all is what, what hinders, what hinders actually companies and, and, and leaders doing that. And I, I think it's, it's kind of that German angst, that, that fear of, of especially in, in German speaking language uh, countries where, where people fear like, um, having a lack of control over the people. So I do not know if you work when you are not here in my office. Actually, what, what I answer, I cannot know if you work if you're sitting right next to me because you have your screen, I have my screen, and I don't know what you're actually doing. And I saw many people in, in my professional career not really working when they were in the office. And I saw many people working like hell from home or from different locations so it's 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 not really really a concrete and, and tangible uh, fear it's it's more like a feeling the gut feeling people have and i see especially um when it comes to that fear uh, people fear a lack of communication and they fear a lack of of knowledge exchange and actually this this is more realistic because i think if if you are used to work in a physical office and You just send people working from home or hire people 100% remotely and doesn't matter if they are employed or if, if these are freelancers and you do not change how you, how you act and how you work together, um, you, obviously you will have a, a lack of exchange and uh, communication because you have to behave differently. And another fear is... Uh, obviously about team spirit and this is the same thing so so you will lose team spirit if you do not change and people working remotely on the other hand so so the team members sometimes fear is it a career killer if i'm not sitting in our global headquarters but in working from home or sitting in any outpost office uh, somewhere or can i get lonely because i i lose the connect to my team And uh, do I get enough appreciation, for example, for my work? And what what some people and this is so 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 um, sad to hear. What what some companies and some people do is 
they identified those obstacles and uh, challenges and say, okay, so we don't do it. But what I say is let's find ways to get over that because it, it are great chances. So I myself, uh, there was a time I, I worked uh, in, in, a, in a city and wanted to change my job to, to a job I would love more and had really that that purpose to to do something which which is meaningful for me. And there were several companies which are 100% cool and I would love to work for them, but they were like 500 kilometers away. And I was not willing to move at that time for private reasons. And so I had no chance but to, to take a job which was okay-ish, but not my dream job. And on the other hand, if you are an employee, why not hiring people who are really willing to work for you, who are really um, sharing that, that uh, purpose with you? And if they are not willing to move or if those are freelancers, but, but they are highly engaged, why not considering that by getting over those obstacles? And what, what can you do? So I see two scenarios here. One scenario is if you have a, a company, most of the time the company is already working with distributed teams because the, the, um, the challenges and the um, mechanisms of virtual teams occur even if you have several uh, floors in the same building. So it's, it's the same story you do not see all of the time you do not get all those little contexts and tiny information which is in your office room so you have a distributed team when you have several floors or even if you have one long floor i have one client it's 80 people on one very long 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 floor and they have a distributed team already and it's it's not that much difference when it, when it comes to to uh, other countries or uh, other offices. Of course, there are some cultural differences which come along, and some more use of technology which comes along. But but the the deeper insights um, challenges are pretty much the same. So and for those clients or, or scenarios, I suggest to 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 focus on on that social emotional part of that. So to to think about, um, for example, a team carter, which is a wonderful thing for existing teams and even teams working together remotely for 10 years. And I have clients doing that. And when I ask them, for example, what would be for you an appropriate time for answering an internal email, if you still send emails, what is an appropriate time to answer? And they should write it down on the cards and show the cards to everyone. And it's like one person says one hour and the next one says eight hours and the next one says a week. And they're disappointing each other all of the time because they never talked about that. And when you do a team carter, you can clarify those simple questions and how want we, do we want to work together? How want we to communicate? What tools do we use? What's our working style? So it's not that much about processes, but general expectations in each other. And th this is for scenario one, a wonderful idea to do. So where you have an existing distributed team. And if you, if you plan to, to hire people remotely, um, can be uh, freelancers or, or employees 100% or 80% working from home, what you should do is, first of all, to... to um, talk with the people about um, or, or, or 
try to, to find out about their motivation, uh, find to try out on, on shared values and to try to find out um, their working style and uh, their, their characteristics. For example, if someone is highly extroverted, I would not recommend doing a 100% work from home job because uh, people will feel lonely if they are too much extroverted. And uh, what, what you can do is by, by selecting the team members uh, to, to find strong communicators, people being open to transparency, sharing their knowledge um, proactively, um, and, and to look at this. Um, having a great uh, diversity in your team is important because diversity brings new ideas, and especially when it comes to a remote team where you have a little bit less conversation and less exchange. Diversity helps to, to have the conversation rolling and going on. And when you start a project, you should desperately focus on try to meet at least one time at the beginning of the project. And even if it is an international project, in most of the times, the, the flight costs and travel costs are more than good invested in, in time you save because of, of the bond of the team and the cohesion of the team and uh, people teamed up. And if your budget allows it, you should redo that exercise, for example, every six months. So depending on what you do and how big your team is. And in the meantime, have as many video-enabled conversations as you can. So and this is also in in, uh, in Western Europe sometimes a topic. Should I activate my webcam? And even in, in North America, um, where, where I do some of my projects, um, depending on, on the company culture, some people do not feel very comfortable by activating the webcam. And you cannot force anybody to do this. But if you start doing that, after two or three web meetings, you will see it's like normal, it's no big business. And you see all that advantages and how you, you get more relationship and connecting better to each other. So this is one thing I really recommend every virtual team. I, I was just uh, uh, listening to, to another podcast a few days before, and they, they were talking exactly about that uh, How, how important it is even in, in virtual teams to have like like this visual connection with your with your uh, co-workers and uh, especially for your nervous system and and how you react with people it's like it works even over webcam but you have to have activated you know if you don't see each other for never so uh, you don't well uh, have like activation of your sympathetic nervous system so uh, yeah. this is like like really important stuff and it and it works even virtually <laughs> Absolutely. So science, Absolutely. science is proved, so this 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 works. Um, I, I see. I, I, I see. In fact, on on the other hand, um, so, sometimes people uh, try to tell me, um, "Yeah, this is for young people and for young professionals doing all that web meetings with video and whatever." So I I don't think that. So I, I think it's more like, um, "Are you used to do that?" And on the other hand, I see um, when comes to some of young professionals they they uh, rely sometimes too much on new ways of communication so for example I, i work sometimes with teams especially in it where slack or hip chat or any group chat 
is used a little bit too much. I do not mean having too much notifications. I mean, people stop talking synchronously like audio, telephone or video conferencing and only use chat. So this is too much. So, so you need that direct communication, voice-enabled communication as well. So of course, there are many good reasons to use a team chat, but to rely too much on it can even increase the distance between people. Yeah, because like uh, I think uh, I heard it in some other context, you need to be a, like a real expert in, in emojis and, and how to how to apply them in the right place to get like this personal notion, like the voice over and, and like you you feel how you're feeling in this moment, you know, and how, how to transfer this information uh, and feeling from for yourself to your coworker or you, the, the people, the person that you talk right now. Yeah, so right. And, and you just mentioned those studies. And um, back in the time when we were cavemen, and actually we are not far from that today, uh, we hadn't the chance to, to communicate with anybody we do not see. So telephone is, is not all, uh, really old for, for human uh, ways. So it's, it's a new invention uh, to, to talk over distance. And it's great that we have video enabled. And people also are not used uh, to text because Gutenberg is, is pretty new for, for the uh, human, humankind, for mankind, because most of, of the time when, when we were cavemen and developed uh, to, to what we are today, we hadn't had the chance for any text communication. And this is why it's so hard for us to transport feelings. And you mentioned those emojis, for example. And sometimes uh, I, I myself see an email and think, oh, why does she write me such an email and that tone? How could she? And when I talk to that lady uh, afterwards and, and try to solve that, I find out that the, she meant completely different things and I just was interpreting and we are so fast in interpreting any text communication which is really a bad habit but hard to let go um, because most of the time we are wrong um, only if you, if you are a team of professional uh, book authors and writers maybe they can exchange feelings very good in team chat or in emails but Most of us can, so so I, I would suggest never interpret any bad intention into text communication. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, this is interesting. I I, I, I would have another question for you about uh, virtual teams. Um, so uh, there are like different categories of of virtual teams. You have like this completely remote and distributed teams that uh, like like you mentioned in the beginning, like uh, automatic or WordPress uh, uh, in particular. Then uh, you have like the traditional old-fashioned company uh, that is completely not remote and uh, on one place. And then you have like this rare special uh, combination with hybrid teams, which I found, uh, and we have that on, on, on FlashUp and, and Bright Solutions. Uh, we have like a hybrid team, like some of those people are, are based in Germany, in Darmstadt, some of them are in Hamburg. Uh, and then we have like this huge... Uh, virtual team so the to get this hybrid teams working is like the i find it the most difficult way because you have like on one side this uh 
physical physical office where people met and then you have like the external workers that are around the globe and different cultures and whatever so how you blend those teams that are virtual and not virtual yeah um, you're Any so right you? this is an excellent question because this is one of the biggest challenges so you're so right so this is something which was called uh, distribution asymmetry by uh, a scientist called Karen Sobolojewski and she um with her colleague Richard O'Reilly, they um, they made many many studies ten years ago about uh, the topic of distance, and this is one distance they found which is hardest to fight because, and it's again with those cavemen. When we are sitting together in one room, we will have those um, unintended conversations, and there are so many important information going on between us, and we are exchanging. And most of the time, we won't write like meeting minutes of our two minutes spontaneous conversation to let anybody around the world from the team know. Because they are not there and they are not in our minds. They are not really present in that situation. We, we are not aware of that. And it's, it's easier to say that than doing that is to make it a habit to really make it a habit to write as many micro-meeting minutes as you can. So if you're working in a hybrid team and you are sitting together with some colleagues co-located in your room or in your location and you're not writing two or three micro-meeting minutes in your team chat or as an email every day, you're doing something wrong. It's not enough. So it's really about making that a habit. It gets a little more easier when it comes to uh, web meetings and uh, video meetings. Um, I see sometimes, even today, um, that there are teams sitting in that big conference room and they are sitting eight people and two remote people are dialed in. And in that big conference room, they had that conference phone And what happens then is like a nightmare if you are dialed in because what happens is there are side talks, people are whispering, or there is that really um, engaged uh, discussion and you have an idea, but you cannot get through. So you do not hear everything. You cannot uh, state your ideas because that discussion is so uh, vivid that you have no chance. And This is a little bit more easy to, to overcome because there are two fantastic ways what you can do. One way is, it's, a, it's like a rule, it's the rule. If one person is remote, act as if everyone is remote, which means everyone dials in individually from their own computer with their own webcam. So it's like equalized for everyone because everyone is dialed in and there's no conference room and no conference phone. Um, in, in some office locations, this is hard to achieve, especially when you, when you have uh, open floor, uh, open plan offices. And the, the other thing I, I really like is having uh, something which is called a buddy, which means uh, I dialed in remotely and I have one, it's like my lawyer, it's like my representative in that room and he or she helps me. So whenever there's whispering, that person will say, okay, wait, 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 Florian cannot hear that. He's dialed in. If there's a vivid discussion, he will say, stop, stop, stop. Let's hear Florian's opinion. And he, for, for each and every uh, dialed in person, there should be one of those buddies. And this role obviously can rotate 
and this helps a lot but but the the more more challenging thing is really about thinking of those distant people and there were experiments actually so really practical experiments for example connecting two rooms so if you have five developers in location a and five developers in location b What some teams try to do is have a video a video conference open for the entire day. So you see the different office. It's like uh, looking through a window. And this is pretty good for video, but it's not that good, obviously, for audio because most of the time you have one conference phone connected to that. And obviously in the room, for example, with developers, you have whispering when they are at, at one desk. And you really do not understand everything. And I hope that technology will will improve some some steps that we can connect two or several rooms better when it comes to audio. Uh, let's hope for that. I think I saw something just recently like that. You have ah. like a 360 webcam and with different uh, microphones. So if you are sitting in a room so that the camera is capturing always the person that is speaking right now and you're getting like insights like one to, like it's the same as a one-to-one -one talk and especially yeah. for people that are distributed and yeah. catching in with a, uh, on a on a offline conference or a meeting that is really helpful yeah it, it, this, that's right there are those systems but most of the time they are not perfect when when it's outside a meeting room so when you're really sitting on your desk working and you want to have that same feeling that you hear Like what's going on? What, what does Peter do right now? What, what is he working on? Who, who is he phoning with? So all that little background noise you will ignore unconsciously, but it's somehow important to to get along with all those contacts. But but yes, could 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 be a solution going in that direction. Nice. Um, what what do you what do you think by yourself? What what percentage of of uh, Workforce will be like remote organized in in, uh, in five or ten years. I'm 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 not good in in spinning the f a wheel of fortune. So so um, I I can I can say what 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 I see right now. What what I see right now is um, in in all of of the the major client uh, locations all over the place. So especially in Western Hemisphere, I see that that we have more and more demand, especially when it comes to, to uh, IT people. Um, there are more and more um, projects and, uh, and, and opportunities, but we cannot clone our developers and data scientists and IT guys. So um, there, there's absolutely a need and people and companies are forced to do something. So, This is a strong reason I see right now. And um, when, when I see, for example, in, in Germany especially, um, how few people dare to work from home. In some industries, you, can, you cannot imagine that, but, but when you're really not seeing only the, the, um, the digital economy, but, but really every company, um, in, they're really struggling trying that. But also, they are forced to do that. And there are more and more jobs you can do remotely, even jobs you, you wouldn't think about you can do it remotely. So one, one of my most favorite examples is um, in San Francisco in Bay Area, um, the rents uh, for, for, for a flat are so high that if you are, have a, a job like um, on the counter where you, 
where you uh, at a at a uh, the fast food restaurant where you get the orders. Um, it's so expensive to live there that if you have only that job to take the orders at that fast food restaurant, you cannot live there. So what they do is people are sitting in Nevada actually, and they are connected remotely to that uh, to that drive-through counter and taking your order and uh, giving that to the people, of course, who have to be there to, uh, who who make your meal, but. Wow, these are things ten years ago no one would think about doing that, right? So, and I think uh, we'll see that more and more. And what I really love is I see that more and more teams, and also traditional and somewhat more conservative companies, give it a try with those virtual teams. And most of the time, it needs only one project to prove that you do not lose control and that you can have even a higher productivity in a virtual team because you're communicating, uh, are more aware of what you communicate and be more aware of the context of the people and, and how you work together are more structured. And you can even outperform co-located teams which are distributed over several floors in the same building. And I will I see more and more companies staring that, seeing that, and I think it's like a spread of words. And this is what I hope for, and this is what I believe in for the future. What a good closing. Let's let's uh, let's uh, stop it uh, there. Where was a really nice talk with you about uh, the virtual teams and how you can organize them. Um, Florian, do you have like uh, for for audience? Uh, Any recommendation? What they should uh, read right now? What they should see? Uh, and uh, uh, for at last, um, maybe a way how they can connect with you if they're interested to know more about the tactics and getting strategy behind uh, organizing virtual team and getting to know more about this new kind of leadership and new styles of leadership that are so much in need. Yeah, um, I, I, I uh, just just can uh, recommend to read everything I publish. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, actually, um, <laughs> right, right now I'm I'm publishing uh, pretty much in German. So uh, I have to, uh, have to admit that even my website is still only in German, uh, which has a good reason actually, um, be because I have no time for for updating that uh, in in English. But maybe if you're listening now, maybe it's uh, just translated. So give it a try. It's on www.newwork.me. It's newwork.me. And uh, it's obviously planned to have this in English because I do also do uh, projects, uh, international projects, obviously in English. Um, but yeah, with, with my website, I, I have to improve that. So sorry for that. Yeah, and I'm happy to connect to everybody who wants to share a story or is, uh, uh, wants to hear some some uh, insights and stories. I'm happy to share my knowledge. So let's get in touch. Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you, Florian. Thank you for having me. I'd like to thank our guest, Florian Mikulik, for joining us today. You can find out more about Florian and Team of Talents on their website that is linked in the show notes. You can subscribe to The Virtual Frontier or leave us a review at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. If you want to learn more about virtual teams as a service, visit flashhub.io. On behalf of the team here at FlashHub, I'd like to thank you for listening. So until next episode, keep exploring new frontiers.